0: so. is running an almighty race in the lead. He's three,
1: four lengths in front. Mazu trying hard. King of Sparta lead. hundred meters to go though. Cold pressure is still the leader. What a performance. Cold pressure has run them off the legs and won the Newcastle. A jolly star for James McDonald. Another big one. And 2,000 guineas on the bounce. Jolly star. Yeah, the day magic time, the outside then cause for concern. IMB at the 150, a length in front. Magic time is digging in now under Hands and Heels. Takes the lead, in late, But at magic time, coming clear, a class act. Magic time, it one Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the Year Round Carnival with Vince Cardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our Year Round Carnival podcast. Each and every Monday, we look at the best racing in Australia, wherever it is. We heard a bit there from Coal Crush, the magnificent all-the-way performance there at Newcastle. Of course, the two group ones at Caulfield, Jolly Star and Magic Time. Audio courtesy of Sky racing, racing.com. as we say day to Vince Cardi from Daily Sections. Well, morning, mate. Good morning, Ralphie. How are you? Oh, I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. We're going to have a look at uh, Caulfield, take a deep dive into that. It was it was a pretty good meeting with the two group ones, the extended uh, version of the uh, of Melbourne Cup week to get the Spring Carnival going for an extra week or so. And I might actually just start with a, with a list of questions because uh, um, we want to have a bit of a deep dive into how the actual track played. Daniel asks, on raw times, the last 400, 200 were poor for a group three. What was wrong with the straight? Was there anything wrong with the wider ground in the straights? So, as an overview, how do you think Caulfield played?
0: Well, uh, I guess a couple of things. Firstly, we've been doing Caulfield, covering Caulfield for years. When the rail's in the true position, the lanes don't start until about 10. It'll be 10 off the fence. Yep. And therefore, inside lanes are always an advantage. They, They have been for years. For, well, as long as you and I have been talking, at least that long, right? <laughs> so none of that's changed. So I'm not sure from that perspective. Now, if I, it's interesting about the track. I, I don't see that, right? Yep. What I'm looking at is if to the 800 metre mark, it's 0.31 faster than standard. Inside the six, 1.2 faster than standard, okay? That's a little bit quicker. Usually where we have the problem is anywhere inside the 600 to the 400. That was racing 0.69, and the home straight, plus 1.63, pretty much right. from my. So, this is from my perspective, right? Yep. And then, then i look at the lanes, and here they are. Lanes are 1 to 7. I absolutely feel that that's fantastic. In fact, this, the winners that came from lanes 6 and 7 were probably disadvantaged because realistically, you probably want to be like, Two to four, two to five, maximum, and then I look at the spread where you are at the eight hundred meter mark. And we've got one race where this is race number eight. It's come from six lengths from leader. We've got race three that's come three and a half lengths from the leader, and the rest are inside that two length band. Again, this is not unrealistic setup, uh, my view. I'm not sure what people are talking about, but I, I felt the track raced like, a, it probably raced better than normal. There yeah, you
1: go. Yeah, I thought, old Caulfield's back. I thought, that has actually helped a, a good traditional Caulfield track should play when it's nice and firm and, uh, and every horse gets their chance. If they're fast enough, they win.
0: And what happens is, if they were giant fields, yep. you probably would have seen a bit of an attack to the wider lanes and then... Generally speaking, when the rail's true, if you've got the biggish sort of fields late in the day, there's a few game riders that'll go there. Yeah. And have a crack and get some significant advantages. But it's very hard to do in these sort of sides of fields. And then
1: I'm looking at the pace, you know, it's normal, normal speed. So we'll kick off with the Rupert Clark. So that, that was the big field race and, and magic times. Won the race with a terrific performance in your race speed profiles. You had most advantage. I and me, Magic Time, the Inferno, Buffalo River. The Inferno is getting an old boy. He doesn't didn't turn up, and Buffalo River looks like it, was, it gassed out on the high speed. So I'll, before I get you to break it down, what you wrote about Magic Time, uh, you so, surmised by saying your performance two runs back was consistently strong, breaking benchmark each of the three combined sections in that race. We sizzled her. The standout part of the run was a late surge closing with a potent six point five links above benchmark combined last four hundred. Now. That's, that's significant here. Overcoming adversity in the latest outing, particularly through the first section, she travelled 4.8 lengths above benchmark early, a clear career fastest. She sustained a solid mi- near benchmark combined midsection, but was left vulnerable late, and that was in the invitation at uh, Rose Hill, and you went on to surmise it. But the point being, Vince, um, she got to have that fast run, and I thought, Michael D, this is why you've become a Group 1 rider, because he rode the horse not getting confused about, you know, so-called track bias and everything else like that. He just said, well, where's my horse going to be comfortable in the run? She's going to be comfortable going this pace. And that that effectively won her the race. For sure, Ralphie.
0: It, like all the things you just touched on, the profile actually for this horse going into this race was fantastic. Really, like everything was set up, and my view was, it's going to be a very hard horse to beat, probably – a couple of other interesting notes here. But firstly, that speed, 8.7 links fast than standard. That's quick. Yep. Like, And it was sustained between the 8 and the 400. They were all still travelling with as, as much um, pace as they could, considering the circumstance. I mean, I look at what was happening early, even between the 8 and the 400, where usually when you're at that sort of tempo in this type of – competition, you would have a significant drop-off between the 8 and the 400, but the average field speed was still 2.5 lengths faster than standard, which surprised me for this group of horses, but just probably points out what you were saying about a whole bunch of horses being like rock hard ready to go, and magic time stole the show. Firstly, the ride, like you said, Rolfi, 3.1 lengths faster than standard. What a great position to be in through the first section roughly five lengths off that lead speed fantastic between the eight and the 400 we just talked about the the speed average was around 2.6 above the standard and this horse is running 2.7 i mean judgment to perfection right and then we go to the last 400 meters and i didn't go all the way right down but i went all the way down to say inferno and the average pace was about 4.6 lengths below overall. Magic Time has gone two lengths below standard. Yep. The second horse, IME, probably what beat that horse because maybe people were thinking oh, the, the distance. But going seven and a half lengths fast than standard and still be standing at the end just goes to show how ready that horse was to run big and... <laughs> Don't worry about this horse running 1,400 in the future either. I mean, it's not going to run into that sort of pressure all the time.
1: I was going to say to you, this horse reminds me of, I think it was Snap Dancer that won a Memzie for the Eustace team after winning in in, uh, Brisbane. Uh, Now, she was a recruit, but... um, they got her to keep improving and keep evolving. Now, this is a horse with a terrific strike rate. She came into this race winning nine from seventeen at the shorter courses. That was her first fourteen hundred run uh, off this. Wow, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with this Mayor, because getting her into an even speed uh, and maybe even as soon as next order in a race like the All Stakes, you know, Rocker, you know, with the, that that bounce theory that you have, uh, she could be very dangerous, and very hard to run down.
0: Absolutely, and probably it's crazy. Probably- <laughs> Blake Shin, I don't feel that he really makes any errors, right? <laughs> In this situation, he probably could have sat back an extra length yep. and might have made the race really interesting. I mean, the NPS margin is saying 1.2, and if that's the case, then, okay, this horse had to be travelling, yeah, <laughs> at around five to six lengths faster than stand standout. It's easy for me to say that, Ralphie,
1: but under the circumstance, he must have been giving the,
0: the rider a tremendous feel, the horse.
1: And I suppose that's how it happens sometimes in a vacuum. Because once General Bow, once Linda Meach ignited the uh, the bunsen burners early to add to the speed that Buffalo River was always going to do, well then yes. while while she's stalking, she's stalking but going too fast.
0: Absolutely, and this is what happens. And even like. Buffalo, a long time since the horses had to put those sort of um, high speed in. <laughs> Dropped off very badly. I'm surprised that they allowed the horse uh, to go that fast.
1: And then we look at what happens typically in this situation when it's hot and hard. Uh, well, the horses that were rock hard fit can sometimes run placings at, at reasonable odds, and that was the case. Straight ace, the third, Bandersnatch fourth. They were both deep into their preps, and, and they were able to, to do enough to run placings.
0: Yeah, and, and look, straight ace interesting, Ralphie. I actually thought this horse had a, a a genuine chance of being really competitive in this race. Just, yep. off, A, off that Rose Hill run last start, I thought it was so good what it did that day over 1,500 metres. It was always going to be some sort of flukish chance to run in the money at a pretty decent price. So if anybody took the multis, they would have been clapping hands because I made sure we had it in AMAs. Uh, good
1: stuff. All right, so let's get to the thousand guineas there. Jolly Star, I suppose. Uh, uh, dual question here: so Jolly Stars one, it was a you know typical Waller peak in Grand Final day, and the the question for the other two horses that were in the market in um, in Skybird and Core volant both really good talents. It, it seemingly uh, they peaked before their Grand Final.
0: Oh, it's very evident. And oh, it's a bit disappointing. The, you know, am I wrong? I've thought the guineas was usually a lot stronger in terms of performances, but this, this year, what do we end up with? A point
1: four above. Well, I think that's reflective of the move because often they're on the up there, you know, the, the, yep. the guineas, thousand guineas is either the Crawford cup day or in that midweek meeting. But this time it's a month later, the horses were tired.
0: Yeah. And this is very evident, Ralphie, to, Speed through the first section, good speed. We're talking, what, 4.4 lengths faster than standard. That's a solid speed. Between the 8 and the 400, this is probably, again, a testament to the track, Ralphie, racing with um, pretty good pace in the track. They're still running benchmark or slightly better between the 8 and the 400 and then getting the drop-off. What I noted was, obviously, I was very keen to see the performance of Skybird, and... I'm not sure what sort of communications come out on this horse, but for me, the evidence looks pretty clear what's happened. Now, again, this is just my view, Ralphie. I'm not saying this is the be all and end all, but if I have a look at the horse is traveling 1.9 lengths below the benchmark. You look at the three prior runs, they're all between eight and nine lengths below benchmark. This is a big lift in terms of speed when you when you haven't been in a race with pace and now you're getting speed, it's very difficult to handle that right for yep. the first time. So I felt that that was one challenge. And then given that they weren't really easing up between the eight and the 400, it just made it that much harder. And you could just see the mark drop off again for all runners. And I felt Skybird did reasonably well if I compare it to the winner and the second horse. But unfortunately, I probably myself as an individual expected a lot more from this horse, but you probably summed it up best. They've come to the end of the campaign and it was there, and there was always this possibility. You have a look at that last run at Mooney Valley with Skybird. That's a huge yeah. sprint <laughs> over the last one. I do get nervous when I see that and like that was one of the things for myself that probably prevented me on a personal level from stepping in on this horse in any sort of aggressive manner because I just know what that can do. But ultimately, I probably had expectation that this horse might be better than what it did and maybe it will be next time around.
1: Uh, It's always dangerous saying, well, this is a definitive point with with an overview, but uh, with skybird too just the other thing i tend to just put a little little query fourth run first prep at some stage they're gonna the horse is gonna say i can't keep doing this
0: (laughs) well it's an old saying ralphie that actually does ring very true about horses when three-year-olds having their first campaign they can pop any time yeah like and say they've done
1: I did hear Mike Moroney afterwards say, cool, very lightly raced Philly. That's why they gave her four weeks between runs from that Caulfield run, but again, the drop-off. So she'll be stronger next time. I mean, I think they're both very good talents, but uh, that, they didn't bring it on the day. All right, let's have a look at race 9. Half a million dollars up for grabs. I think it was a country cup of some sort uh, that you had to qualify via the country uh, meetings. Right. Claymore won. I've got a member's question that we'll start with it. Uh, um, Tobias Hogg, leader by... Bias at Caulfield, buying a pimple of Clough. Where Does he run stack up of the country cup? Three wide the trip. Could he win an Adelaide or Launceston Cup? So um, firstly we've we've addressed the, the perception of leader bias, but more of the point with Claymore. Very, very tough horse, Vince.
0: Uh very tough horse. Absolutely. But he he's and this is now backing up the communication about the track, how good it is, Ralphie, right? Yep. First section speed two thousand is actually a good speed, right? Yeah, two point four lengths below benchmark. Claymore's going three point seven lengths below benchmark, so that's a nice pace for a two thousand meter race, right? Without overreaching through the first section, because I, I know, I know. Even myself, like, I love it when I see lots of, you know, plenty of pressure up front. But if you're on a particular horse, this is probably more like the speed you'd love to have and then you're hoping that the runner you're on is sort of sitting three, four lengths, five lengths off that leader, and then you're going to get your opportunity, you know, without bad luck to collect. And then you see the move in the mid-race, right? Claymore, again, 47 uh, 4.7 lengths was the mid race smooth, nothing sort of heavy or one length above benchmark. And again, I, I just look at the whole field and and see, okay, what's the average speed everybody's travelling at? Around one and a half lengths faster than standard. And the winner, it's it's travelling a length above benchmark, which is fantastic. And what's that lever for? That leaves something in the tank for the last 400 meters, and now reconfirming that the track how well it's racing. The horse was able to go two and a half lengths faster than standard over the last 400 metres, and the last 200 metres was plus 2.1. And usually, where we get the dip between the four and two, it's not there.
1: So, what, what type breaking benchmarks always a good sign once they get to the staying races. This is a mm-hmm. horse who bolted in at Mooney Valley over 2,500, but that was Mooney Valley's first aid back. It was a bit of a, a uh, you know, did our head in trying to work it out because it was the most elite bias track we've ever seen. <laughs> Saturday meeting. Um, what type of projection could he have, again, With the, if I have a throw at the stubs with an Adelaide Cup, which typically, you know, benchmark's going to get you pretty bunch on the podium usually.
0: Well, the good news is this. This horse is showing versatility, Ralphie, and you've got to yep. like that. And when they show that versatility, it's fantastic. It also demonstrated here. Have a look at the micro splits from the 800 home, Ralphie. 0.1 above benchmark between the 8 and the 6, 0.8 above between the 6 and the 4. 0.3 above between the 4 and the 2 and then the you know like the, the final effort plus 2.1 that's very very solid off what I consider to be an excellent speed for this distance and usually when horses can demonstrate this and ha- and then show versatility where they can run much faster and still be there at the end they're horses that have to always be uh, considered in Tougher races as well.
1: I think we're going to make some money out of Red Sun Sun Sensation at this time of year for exactly what you just said about those micro splits. The horse was flat uh, at Kytan, and you pointed that out, your race speed profiles. That Mooney Valley performance was super when it was beating the nose, but they had to run it at Kytan to qualify for that. It's had a busy month. I'd love to see three or four weeks off, stay at 2000 at this time of year. Good luck catching it.
0: And the horses, I would say, is definitely now coming to its top. So I'll be very keen to see where they place it next start, Ralphie. And you're right, this could be a really good opportunity because now we're going to start having these transition horses in Victoria and New South Wales probably in another week's time. Yep. And it'll be very interesting to see what this, or you know, it used to be in the old days to be called the summer racing, but I'm not sure <laughs> the way they water tracks, whether we can call that or not. <laughs>
1: Last race, the uh, Rose Quartz led throughout. I, I just think a couple of them. She she ran she her best and a couple didn't. She dances and the the great Damien Oliver finishes off uh, not, not a winner, but obviously probably probably the best rider of all time on Queen of the Ball. And what was your assessment there? Was it just Rose Quartz bringing her best and others didn't? Well, I was actually
0: taken by Rose Quartz's uh, tenacity,
1: Ralphie. Yep.
0: Firstly, like where it is in its campaign fourth run in the prep. Yep. And probably still building as a horse. Overall performance plus one, right? Fourth best of the day. That's fantastic for this horse, right? I mean, that's as good as this horse can go. And then I look at the breakdown, a little bit of a dip there between the six and the four, of 2.4 lengths gives me the signal that your run, your campaigns definitely hasn't ended. I'd be keen to see what would, Someone like Beg, do like where would they go with this horse?
1: Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe the Christmas handicap here on Boxing Day, um, 1200 Okay. Take on, the, take on the boys.
0: Oh, okay, take on the boys, right? Okay, well, let's wait and see. But that was the for myself personally, I thought that was the best run in the race. Yep, maybe the second horse, there's some merit there as well, but. It's hard to knock a horse that shows all the speed, has a dip, and still wins.
1: Well, well, let me ask about race five to finish off Caulfield. Then, for the, exactly the same reasons, hypothetical, and again, when when people are going to say, "Oh, well, it was tracked by us, I'm saying this is this is Michael D riding a speed horse to perfection. And in fact, we we put a big stamp on her and uh, on on the uh, after the the Derby meeting because of course that day she was good but she was up the straight and we wrote uh, ready after a plain fourth in South Australia when favourite 16th and 9th has put together two good runs above benchmark firstly Caulfield 0.1 and here given speed is her asset we'd love to see her back around a bend shortly in another sprint 1.2 at the 800 3.7 mid race meant a good sustained speed before minus 2.6 last 400 her PB was set Rose Hill March over 1200 where her first two sections were 3.8 and 1.9 that's set up for 1.4 overall, despite just minus 4.2 last 400. That figure should be very hard to get past with perhaps a Caulfield 1200 sprint on Rupert Clark Day. Ideal. said it was an 1100 sprint, Vince.
0: Yeah, well, firstly, what I want to say is in terms of the setup of this horse going into this race for an 1100 metre race with plenty of pressure, you just have a look at the last three runs. Three starts back, first section, 0.8 above benchmark. Two starts back at Caulfield. This is hypothetical, right? Yep. 1100 metres, 0.4 above benchmark, first section. Goes to Flemington on the 4th of the 11th, 1.2 above benchmark, first section, 3.7 between the 8 and the 4 above before weaking out. How great is the setup for this horse? And then you just peel it back and say, okay, well, this horse, you've got to go back to sort of Rose Hill around March where the horses can go as fast as 3.8 above and still be competitive. And here we are, two and a half lengths above benchmark through the first critical 300 metres. And then feeling that power from the run before and the leading runs was able to increase the pace to plus four, right, between the eight and the 400 And then I look at the drop-off and the drop-off was minor relative to like that high pressure that it sort of had to go through, through the first 700 metres It dropped off 1.8 over the last 400. This is a horse. Firstly, if you go through and look at the matrix, the matrix was sort of indicating that runner Flemington was technically could have been as strong as around plus one range and not 0.3 above. Yep. And... I did a little bit of a post work on the matrix and guess what? I feel this horse is absolutely airborne. Uh, do you reckon they'll have another run with this horse?
1: Well, well, she too could be that Christmas handicap. Uh, oh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. That, love that, it. that could be the target there. Probably so love ready. it
0: more than Rose Quartz. On,
1: <laughs> there yeah. we go. Okay. Uh, and, and by... I'm trying to work out to the eye as well as the data with uh, Scripper. Um, it didn't look like it let down around the turn, but its South Australian lead-in were really good. It looks like an evolving horse. And, uh, and you know, obviously, I don't think it would have beaten hypothetical either way, but I just don't really think it turned up on the day. What was your thoughts there?
0: Well, firstly, it's one of these situations, Rolfie. It probably wasn't going to matter who was going to turn up, even if he did turn up. Hypothetical, the way... it. You can never know these things for certain, Rafa. But the yep. way it was set up into this race with that sort of pressure makes it very, very hard. And then if you look at Scripper's profile, two runs in for the campaign, both first those first those the first and second up run, they were below benchmark through the first section, 0.4 and 0.8, probably not as well set up. And now has to ask for a performance like, you know... Uh, <laughs> above benchmark, it's nothing like dramatic in saying, oh my goodness, it's a big increase. But for this horse, to get above benchmark, it's probably where it sits. It sits around that half length to sort of plus one, plus 1.5, like being the maximum edge of how fast it wants to run. And then you have to extend, and you you can see the give out. It all happened in the last 200 metres, right? That was all conditioning blowout and anybody that has backed this or subject to who to you know where you go next start it is definitely a significant improver off that run I mean the data is indicating drop off around 1.8 last 200 meters
1: I would almost give it all that for conditioning Oh, I just want to have Flemington, I'd love to say up the straight with that straight line speed she showed, so time will tell. Uh, let's have a look at Ascot and uh, a couple of members' questions here from Darren. Um, thanks for the pod and intel. For Vince, anything of Ascot, there's only three horses broke benchmark, I think he's saying. Uh, there were many above benchmark. Late, late in the card was Strong Dardy, yet performed dramatically below their profile. I know they abandoned the last race because they moved the rail twice during the meeting, but Group 4 and Sunday weather, I was left confused. And uh, Naji has asked, just one word, Ripcord. So we'll go to the highlight first. How good was Ripcord? And, uh, no, sorry, we'll go the other way. Let, let, let's. What, what can you tell us about the way Ascot played? Because it was actually a bit confusing.
0: Yeah, I know they had the, the issues there. And what was very evident... Now, I'm not sure exactly how much the wind had an impact on this, but to the 800, that's uncommon to, with the exception of race number six and eight, which they were 3.1 above and 5.1 above. The reality is that track raced a lot closer to about minus two to two and a half. Therefore you have a two track play a hundred percent in play. In and of course, the truth of that came out late in the day that there wasn't something right with the track and therefore they had to move the rail position in a particular section. And this then created a, a little bit of, a, I guess, a concern. But beyond that point, once we got inside the 600 to the finish line, to me it was the typical type of profile on what happens at Ascot in terms of the track speed. Inside the 600 plus 1.3, 400-metre mark, yeah, that can happen around a half a length faster than standard, but very strong in the home straight around 2.4 faster than the standard. Then I just look at the the profile of the day. Typically, I haven't put the lanes in yet because the boys usually will put that in tomorrow, but I'll make sure from this weekend myself, like I like to at least cover the winner for when we have our discussions. Yep. The reality is, where have they come from? They've all come from pretty much midfield back. And tagging around five, six lengths off that lead speed—is uh, that common? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess it is, Ralphie. It's not uncommon. And then I'm looking at like the, the they, they used all the power over the last um, four and six hundred meters. I mean, you have a look at most of those races; it was high pressure, like really high pressure in terms of the speed. I don't, I'm not sure why they went through the dramas and I'm surprised they even canceled the last race because I can't see anywhere why they should have so other than there must have been a dangerous section in the track that maybe needed some repairing that's all I could, could think of because they didn't give away too much
1: yeah as far as the yeah as far as the actual figures so uh if you um if you want to get our preview podcast though this week, uh, railway Handicap meeting. They'll have the track spot on. <laughs> they, won't, they won't be getting it wrong again this week. So we're going to do a deep dive into the uh, Railway Handicap, and the bonus will be the gong at uh, at uh, Kembla. So look forward to that as well. So we'll, we'll do the audio only just a. a Talk about the gong for the Kembla because a million dollars up for grabs, that'll be a good race. But then we'll do a deep dive into the railway handicap meeting. So you can get that via my website, racetrackrealthy.com.au. Click through preview podcast. If you're an existing daily sectionals customer and you're already getting the race speed profiles mascot, there's a top up option there. So they're the, the two options. But if you get the uh, if you get it via my website, you'll get the race speed profiles. If you're already getting Ra- race speed profiles, the audio bonus. Let's finish with Ripcord Vince, because it was obviously to the eye, even people don't follow WA racing, if they got to see that, it went Went nuts on socials because that is one of the biggest closures you'll ever see to the eye. What did the data say?
0: Yeah, well, it was because I was—I thought I, I, I thought I was home and hosed with the Oscar personally myself, but I'm, I'm not unhappy that the horse <laughs> at least ran second, right? But the reality is this: bit of an illusion, and what I mean by this is this, Ralphie. The speed was plenty—five point two lengths faster than standard through the first half of the race for my good friend Oscar's fortune <laughs> who was preventing me from having a fortune, right? <laughs> just, but and I just sort of sit back and I say, okay, why, you know, why, why were you traveling at that sort of speed? But this was what had taken place between the eight and the 400 meter mark. Maybe this is where the problem was, Ralphie. There's the, The slowdown was definitely in play. Now, would it have been as significant as this, the slowdown between the 8 and the 400? As you can see, if you go through the mid-race squeeze or slowdown, every horse other than one has significantly slowed. I mean, 8.7 length slowdown between the 8 and the the 4 and the third biggest slowdown for the day is never a good sign, particularly if you rebound, right? After yep. that, which the horse did with an overall 400 meter rebound, the winner a couple of key things. Firstly, if if you could ever pick a golden position, guess what the golden position is? Super wide. Well, before we even come to that, where would you like to be off a of fast speed? Three to six lengths. All oh, right, yep. You're 5.8 from the leader. Yep. Huge. Slow down. Well, if I'm looking at it from, from the field size, it was the slow, It was the, the least the horse could slow between the other eight and the four. In other words, big opportunity to catch up while you're conserving energy and then uh, to put the nail in the coffin, as you said, Ralphie, out in the widest lanes, bang, three and a half above benchmark. All of it, all of it in the last 200 metres.
1: So if if they, just the old uh, um, game here, if they met um, in two weeks' time, who would you be on? So, In other words, did Ripcord emerge or did Oscars just have a ray shape against it there?
0: Well, okay. Let us let me, if I can, just for a moment, let me <laughs> give further thought to that, if I can, Rolfie. Uh, I've got no idea if
1: it's many a 2 time, by the way, but no, it's no, just no, a good no. exercise, isn't it?
0: Uh, it is. It is a good exercise. It's it like everything in life, right? It always comes back down to a, a, a some fundamentals, right? And the fundamentals are where you are in your campaign. Yeah. Now, I'm fair, very confident if they were meeting again under the same conditions that's and the race was run slightly slower, there's not a chance in a million Ripcord
1: wins. Right. That's the point I was making. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, not okay. a chance in a million. But moving into the future, where are you in your campaign? That's a completely different question. Yes, of course. And, I guess if they're going to meet each other in in the near future, well, we're going to be able to unveil that So I was super, super confident. Well, I had a 90% probability that Oscars wouldn't miss the money. And I actually thought this horse is just going to win. And I know it didn't happen, but, um, yeah, and um, was I uh, disappointed? Well, well yeah, I was disappointed Ripcord won, but after I looked at the numbers because I was, I was actually assigned to clock that meeting live and I could just couldn't believe the pace they went at.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we, we're going to go at some pace to uh, finish off this week. The Railway, the Guineas will be a deep dive and the Gong will cover it as well at, at Kembla. won't do a members bonus this week. We'll return with those though next week and for the next few weeks when, uh, when the Perth Carnival really hots up. In the meantime, thanks so much for tuning into our year-round carnival podcast.